Assalamu alaikum, I'm Nina Bambini. And I'm Fahmina Khan from the hustling, bustling city of Johannesburg. Welcome to AccidentalMuslims.com. AccidentalMuslims.com is a movement and a platform where we showcase present and future leaders to help us live with purpose. This episode was hosted by Proudly Muslims of South Africa. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. This is Nanima from the Ask Nanima website. And you are listening to the AccidentalMuslim.com. Assalamu alaikum. Today we are here with um, Nanima, or better known as Ask Nanima. She is the co-founder of the Ask Nanima platform, CEO of the Nanima Foundation, web developer and social media expert. She's hosted about 17 home industry expos, has over 180,000 followers on Facebook and over 6,000 on Instagram and 3.3 million visitors on her website. She also, in all of this, does a thousand good deeds and eat toy toy. So thank you for joining us today and giving us your time. Um, we're very honored to have you here with us. Jazakallah for the opportunity from proudly Muslims and accidental Muslims. It's a pleasure to have you with us. So let's jump straight into it. Uh, tell us who is Ask Nanima? Ask Nanima basically was born in uh, Whitbank um, in the late 1970s. Uh-huh. So uh, if anyone thinks I'm an old lady, um, okay, maybe I am getting old now. Um, I was born in Whitbank. My parents uh, stay in Pine Ridge. I went to school in Pine Ridge with my primary school. Thereafter, I went to a Model C school uh, in the Woodbank High School. I thereafter went to Vets University, where I did a BCom Information Systems and Accounting. I worked for KPMG as an IT auditor, and thereafter, SARS as a project auditor. Wow. Okay, so before we get into um, the Ask Nanima platform and all of that, um, tell us a little bit about um, how your life experiences have shaped you into the person that you are today. I think one of the biggest life experiences that shaped me the way I am today is uh, going to a Model C school in the beginning of uh, 1994. That's when South Africa was basically changing. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to from an all-Indian school to a Model C school with uh, different races. And uh, the first year was very difficult to adapt because I was the only Muslim Indian girl in the entire school. And it was a bit intimidating for me. But after that, uh, I learned quickly and uh, I think it has shaped me till today that I can interact with everyone without uh, feeling intimidated or inferior. Okay. So yeah, the the, um, the exposure to different people from different backgrounds, races, cultures, obviously impacted you on the whole. Yeah, I think it, it made it easier to, especially to go to university, to start working, you know, interacting with different people from different races, uh, not being shy, not being scared of them, not being intimidated, and being able to express yourself freely. Mm. Who's had the biggest impact in your life growing up? to, you know, to have influenced you in who you are? 
I think uh, my parents uh, would be the obvious answer. My father, I mean, was a hard worker from he was young. I mean, he's working till today. Mm-hmm. I don't know, he's uh, over 70 and he still has more energy than all the youth I know put together. And um, I think his work ethic and my mother's uh, giving nature and friendliness uh, has inspired me. Okay, so what does a normal day look like for Ask Nanima? Well, at the moment, it's a Ramadan day, but um, how it normally works is you wake up, you read your salah, you take the kids to school. Um, I've been st- I started learning how to play golf, so I go in the morning to, uh, for a few minutes uh, That's pretty playing cool. golf. <laughs> and then... Um, I've been a bit lazy having breakfast, so now I've started actually making breakfast for myself. And uh, I think uh, I need to get into a discipline of uh, learning my Arabic again. And uh, then after I start updating the websites and the questions. And before you know it, you have to fetch the kids again and the mother, the routine starts for the day. How did the name Ask Nanima come about? The name Nanima came about, uh, my brother was visiting, I think, a cousin of mine. And uh, he came into the house one June uh, morning and was like uh, inspired that he said he wanted to start a platform where working, where board housewives will help working mothers. And he just wanted to call it Nanima. And uh, throughout the years, I had many ideas. And I think when he said Nanima, I, I felt that this was like a banner that uh, all these ideas can go under. So we registered uh, Nanima.co.ca on the 6th of June, 2007. And that's how it started. Okay. Um, did you see it going to where it is today? You know, I never imagined it to be the way it is at the moment. Um, initially, we wanted to promote a breadwinner home industry, similar to my own uh, Nanima, who um, brought up her kids making paper um, in the hot sun, selling them. Two of her sons then became doctors. So she was like basically the breadwinner in her family. So we wanted to promote similar home industries like that, where, what you call it, uh, you know, promote home industries and uh, have a home industry portal. Then eventually we started talking about recipes and we started having home industry expos. So, um, like, I mean, the way it is right now at the moment, uh, I don't know if we ever envisioned it to be the way it is. Mm. Um, so... There's a lot of there's a variety of questions that pop up on the Facebook page and on the website. Um, are you ever surprised by the types of questions that you get? I think the the anonymous questions has really uh, opened up a can of worms. Like uh, like you you can't imagine people are going through so much of pain and suffering in silence and. Um, uh, it surprises me 
it surprises me. Um, people are so lonely. They can't uh, communicate with their close ones. And uh, every day there's a different one. And it, it, people have lost hope in the mercy of Allah, it seems. And inshallah, with uh, time, we need. Uh, I need to structure it where we can... It can be more beneficial because at the moment it, it is functional, but I think there are some people that are very uh, straightforward in their answering to people. And uh, we just need to be a bit more kinder because these type of people are obviously suffering and we need to help them get out of whichever rut they are in. Mm. Uh, I think society in general is very judgmental mm. and not as empathetic as they should be. Um, and yeah, maybe it's because, I don't know, they can't relate. To the I person. think the biggest issue is because the person is faceless, mm. they feel that they can tell them anything. But I think if it was someone, like how we're talking now and you're telling me your problems, I don't think I'd be as blunt as some of the responses are. At yeah, the moment, yeah. you'd be more sympathetic or empathetic to mm. the person. Yeah, I think that that barrier of uh, being behind a screen gives people that extra um, courage, or I don't know, a less mm. of a. I think they don't have sometimes also the the self control to mm. just first let me like you know they shoot from the mouth. So, like, uh, I have to also sometimes tell myself, okay, get away, think about it, then come back when you come. Because sometimes you, I mean, get really angry at what you're reading. But, I mean, uh, we just need to have some self-control, and inshallah, Ramadan will teach us inshallah. all this. <laughs> um, that actually, like, brings you around to cyberbullying, because that's become a huge problem, um, you know, with the youth growing up these days. Mm-hmm. And... Evidently now you can see it in adults as well because there's that barrier. Mm. Um, they don't realize that they may it may be a form of cyberbullying also being so straightforward and direct mm. and not taking into consideration other people's feelings. Yeah, no, I think uh, cyberbullying. Yeah, is a huge issue. I think that the the reason we started the anonymous platform is f- to have a voice for the voiceless and. Uh, People just need to realize that uh, we, the Ask Nanima platform's whole aim is to make people feel better about their life situation. Mm. And uh, the way sometimes things goes, I mean, I feel like, should I even carry on with those questions if people are going to behave in a destructive way instead of a more productive, constructive way? Yeah, of course. Um, is that what inspired the Nanima Foundation or was it other experiences that inspired the Nanima Foundation? The Nanima Foundation, I think um, at the moment I'm not sure why I really started it, but I think one of the reasons was I've been always helping people along the way and I just felt either not, uh, not appreciated but not valued for the work that I've done. Or I felt that uh, things that I wanted to do, I wasn't able to do. And uh, so I wanted uh, a place where I could do my own uh, charity work and uh, empowerment work. So that's how the Nanima Foundation, I think, started off a bit rocky. 
Um, I think the entire last year, I couldn't really find my uh, niche. And I think at the moment still, I'm just trying to see where I can make a difference, especially with my skills where, you know, at the end of the day, you want it to be feeling meaningful mm-hmm. and you want to feel like you've uh, done something good. Um, and you, I think with me, I like to do something unique also that not everyone else is doing. So it's taking me a bit of time to just find my niche market in the foundation type of thing. Um, what are some of the projects that the Nanima Foundation has done already? I think we've um, we've assisted uh, a Red Flight Mobile in uh, in Africa Rising in Kunu, where we had a robotics workshop. We did some Ramadan hampers last year, and uh, the Ask Nanima Home Industry Expo. We've done a few uh, for charity as well. Okay. And then where does A Thousand Good Deeds and e Toy come in? I think the Ask Nanima website started uh, when my daughter was born. Mm-hmm. So just I think when she was one year old. Uh, the Thousand Good Deeds I think started when my son, when I was pregnant with my son. I was reading the Quran and then you read everywhere it says uh, do good deeds and you're going to go to Jannah. Do good deeds, you're going to go to Jannah. And I thought, okay, we need a list of good deeds. So uh, I started the Thousand Good Deeds with a productive Muslim from America. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think we are on Good Deed 500 at the moment. And I just also need to get more discipline to complete that project, inshallah. So how do, how do people get involved with a Thousand Good Deeds? I think the, the biggest way is to give me more good deed ideas so I can get to my target of a thousand and uh, inshallah with time we want to have a book a thousand good deeds book maybe and then uh, have more a thousand good deed challenges I think yeah that that, that would be good Itoi Itoi was an idea when you look at uh, South Africa you look at what's one of the biggest uh, problems that you, I think us uh, as citizens are facing I think uh, service delivery. So I wanted to start a, a platform where people can voice their the frustration instead of going to break down buildings, like you know when the fees must fall and they're breaking down Fitz University and that type of things. So where they can have a pl- platform to to voice the the service delivery issues, even if it's so, it's it's basically. You report your good, bad, or ugly service delivery issues. And we, I think we were using a crowd mapping tool where <coughs> the, you can sort of monitor where is the worst and where is the best service delivery in the country. And uh, I think it's a project that needs uh, a lot of resources, maybe countrywide, to champion it. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I just need to, need it. Uh, I think I need to either rebrand it with a, another more positive name type of thing or get... Uh, I think initially what I wanted is the the ward councillors mm. to take ownership of it or at least have a place where you could rate your ward councillor eventually through that. But uh, I think I, I need a more technologically sophisticated app or something to that effect. 
and without resources it's a bit difficult to carry on mm. the project there okay where do you find the time <laughs> to do all of this no, I, <laughs> alhamdulillah i have a lot of time baraka in my time because i mean sometimes i'm actually quite bored so i think that challenges me to start getting more creative mm-hmm. and i think um, Yeah, sometimes like the, I think the only constant project that I've like kept to was the Asnanima. The others seem to sometimes just fizzle out. Mm. You're also an environmentalist, and I know you've gotten your kids into environmental projects as well. Um, what inspired the environmentalist side of you? I think where we're staying, we have a very dirty river, mm. and uh, I think uh, in 2016 there was floods, and uh, For months, n- no one was cleaning the, the river. So we, uh, the, the community got together and we started cleaning the river and around the river. I think uh, through the floods from Alex, a lot of people's things ended up in Buklu, their mattresses and clothes and blankets. And uh, so we were looking for solutions of how to stop the dirt of, to enter where we stay. And um, that's where we basically got the idea of uh, a river dirt catcher where you can stop the dirt by using actually recyclable materials like plastic bottles. And uh, we found the idea from a website uh, in Sligo Creek. And then we just uh, tweaked it a bit by using pulley systems so that you can get the dirt out without even touching it. And uh, my kids, alhamdulillah, went for the ESCOM Science Expo and they won the Environmental uh, Award and got a silver medal there. And in June, they will be ent- they will they are finalists in the Ecologic Awards of South Africa. So just make sure they can do well. Inshallah, Okay. Um, So how has Islam influenced you and your life choices? I think uh, being a Muslim, uh, just before I think the Nanima website started, I, ent- uh, I attended a workshop called Discover Yourself mm-hmm. by Sadatullah Khan from Bangalore. And what uh, when I left that workshop, uh, Firstly, I felt light, like uh, all this baggage I was getting for many years, you know, that was keeping me back. Uh, it just felt like it it left me. And uh, at the end of the workshop, it said that, uh, what is your purpose? So I think our biggest purpose is to be uh, ambassadors of Allah, Khalif, Khalifa of Allah. And from that, I think uh, this inspired me to see how I can make a difference and I think from that type of environment and attending workshops with uh, Dr. Haifa Yunus um, purification of your heart type of workshops it influences you to uh, to give back and how you can make a difference in society inshallah okay. so do you have a favorite Quranic verse hadith or story that sticks with you I think um, my favorite ayah in the Quran is the one where it says sometimes you you love a thing which is bad for you but you hate a thing which is good for you but Allah knows so I think 
like sometimes we we want something so badly but and we're making dua and waking up for tahajjud but Allah doesn't give it to us so we must realize that Allah knows that maybe this thing is not good for us and sometimes you hate something and you just don't want to do it and and it ends up being more like in the long run you feel like it's more beneficial for you I think that's one of my favorite ayats and also Surah Ar-Rahman is uh, very inspiring because it asks you over and over and over again which of the favors of your Lord will you deny and in it we should learn to be more grateful for the blessings that Allah has given us What would be your definition of success? My name actually means uh, success so uh, I think uh, my definition would be something that where you would be a productive uh, and active citizen of uh, your country and your place a productive Muslim that's active Um, has there been a specific project or experience that has been the most emotionally moving or touching for you? I think where I stay, I'm part of my uh, body corporate. Um, and uh, when I started there, I started working with our caretaker there. And he had Parkinson's, so he couldn't basically move around freely or use his hands. So when I started uh, at the body corporate, I think it was mainly to assist him because he couldn't really, uh, he was mentally alert and sharp, but uh, he couldn't physically do much. So I tried to help him and uh, eventually we became very good friends because I mean, he's your typical British Englishman and I'm your like typical Muslim Indian woman. And uh, like every morning I used to drop off the kids. And although he couldn't really walk around, or he used to be there at 6 o'clock in the morning at the guard's house. And then sometimes I used to be late and I see he's waiting for me because he used to leave at a certain time. But he used to be waiting for me. We used to have our morning conversations and... You know, he used to listen to all my stories and my issues and give me advice. And we built a very good relationship. And then September last year, he passed away. So I think it was like a very huge loss. Because, I mean, now we had to basically learn to live without him in the complex to start caretaking. And uh, I never realized like how imp- what an important person he was in my my life because I mean sometimes you just need someone to listen and he was a good listener and he used to give good advice and uh, it took a few months to actually like I, I, I mean I never really realized and then also my aunt passed away from cancer in January and she was quite a big uh, support structure for us Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'un. May Allah grant her jannatul firdaus. So what advice would you give to other people that would like to do philanthropic or even environmental work? I think um, what's important is to find something that you're passionate about that will 
make you wake up in the morning to do. That's I think the mo- the most important thing because while you are doing it, sometimes it can be a thankless job. It can be frustrating, but if you know what your vision and mission is, and uh, why you are doing what your intention is, then uh, it will keep you motivated to carry on. Um, what advice would you pass on to your younger self? My younger self, I think, is uh, not to take life so seriously and to have more fun and, yeah, to have more fun. Would you give yourself that advice today as well? Yes, I think especially today. (laughs) (laughs) I think with the world that we live in and all the stresses and all the heartache and heartbreak Mm -hmm. that goes on in the world, uh, we need that reminder sometimes to... Just yeah. have a light-hearted view. Yeah, I think it, it um, especially, I mean, you go through so many incidents where young children are losing parents and and then you, like, sometimes have to wonder, like, why and what and how, but you just have to always have a good opinion of Allah. I think that's the, the most important, that uh, Allah knows best and Allah is merciful and we should never lose hope in what in the mercy of Allah. That's the, the biggest thing that uh, we need to hold on because, I mean, disasters are happening and you're seeing things in Syria and Palestine and you wonder, like, why and what and how and then you just have to think, but actually these Palestinian people are martyrs. Mm-hmm. And where are the martyrs? The martyrs are, an, are green birds in Jannah. So they are very happy where they are. And uh, those that are oppressing them, they will meet Allah one day. Mm, that's true. Um, do you have any future plans with regards to Ask Nanima or the foundation or any other project that you're running? So at the moment, I've been going for some career counseling actually also to see where my uh, passions are, where my purpose should be. So uh, my biggest project at the moment <laughs> is myself. And uh, I think one of my biggest projects for myself is I want to connect with the Quran, inshallah. I think the biggest issue I find, especially, I don't know if it's a South African issue or maybe my issue is that uh, my aim with the Quran is when I read the Quran in Arabic, I want to have the same feeling if I'm reading a book in English. So I want to be able to at least understand what I'm reading and uh, hopefully then also go more in depth later. But I think the basic skill of uh, learning the Quran, I mean understanding the Quran and connecting with it, and then inshallah, I want to simplify it in a way that I can learn it and then teach it to my children so that at least they also have that skill of uh, when they read the Quran, they should understand and connect. And then, because uh, I mean, the Quran was sent to all of us, to mankind, and it's not for a specific group of uh, learned scholars. I mean, the Quran is for each person. It's a different, it's a different experience. So, uh, I, I have to actually think. The, the Accidental Muslim Conference and I think that Freedom movie mm-hmm. 
it inspired me when I watched some of the the, the people they even I mean they they knew nothing about the Quran but the one lady says but it's an Arabic Quran and uh, there is no other Quran but an Arabic Quran and even in the Quran Allah says multiple times it's an Arabic Quran and he made it easy so I mean it's an like we all can learn Afrikaans in school why can't we have a syllabus where we can learn Arabic the same way I mean people learn French they learn German they learn so my aim at the moment is for me just to get that spiritually connected to the Quran when I read it I must at least understand what I'm reading well, there's a phrase along the lines of if you want to change the world, then you should start with yourself. Mm. And I think that's exactly the path yeah, that I, you're going on. I think, uh, like what I've been reading, uh, like one of the most inspirational books recently that I've read is the Productive Muslim book because, I mean, it helps you with your nutrition management. And I found that my sleep cycle was totally out of whack. And one of the things he said there is that you have your circle of influence and your circle of concern. And uh, I think I've been focusing a lot on my circle of concern, like, you know, the largest South African people, everyone out of my house. And then I sometimes forget about my own self and my own family. So, uh, uh, like, my aim, especially for Ramadan, is I been through a course I wasn't so disciplined in uh, in learning my Arabic and I must try and finish as much as possible inshallah so I can have a better understanding of what I'm reading in the Quran okay um, well after meeting you and speaking to you you come across as a very strong um, Muslim woman um, and female empowerment um, is you know one of the big topics of today's time as well is that is that something that has crossed your mind or um is that how is that something that has also maybe instigated uh, some of the asnanima um you know platforms for me i think um sometimes i feel that there's a lot of uh, i don't want to say injustice but I mean, like, uh, for example, that uh, my favorite mosque is the Nizamiya Mosque. Because I feel at home there, I feel I can actually have access to the masjid. And I don't actually want to get involved with uh, the politics of you should go to mosque and you shouldn't go to mosque. And, but I, I make a special dua that women have more access to the masjid. And the biggest reason... I would want that is I feel, especially when you now look at a lot of questions on the Asna Nima page, you feel a lot of women seem to be isolated, a lot of women are depressed, and uh, a lot of women don't feel comfortable going for a talim to a strange person's house. And uh, what better place? I mean, the masjid is supposed to be the heartbeat of a community where everyone can come there, it's Allah's house. And uh, maybe in that uh, place they can find some peace and solace. Maybe they can make some friends. And uh, some of their burdens and depression can even come out of it. So that's why I enjoy going to, to Nizamiya, especially on the Juma. 
and uh, feeling like you're part of a ummah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, I don't want to force anyone. If you don't want women in your masjid, it's I mean, I'm not saying who's right and who's wrong. I mean, each one has their own uh, followings and their own madhabs and whatever. But uh, my wish is, like, I mean, for women to have at least... I mean, it's better, obviously, to read at home. I mean, we all even feel more comfortable reading in our homes. And, I mean, we feel at least Allah didn't send us fajr time every day, like, to go out. So, uh, I mean, we see the value of reading at home, but uh, we should have that choice that if you want to go to a masjid, at least have that choice. And I think you touched on a very important point because I think by females who want to go to the masjid, you feel more part of the community and more part of the Islamic community, especially. Mm. Yeah, especially even, I mean, a lot of uh, reverts, I mean, where do they go? They they don't, I mean, they, yeah, they don't have a support structure or, or community. And then you go to a masjid and... Uh, it should be that place where people go. I mean, maybe a half of these questions on Asna Nanima wouldn't be there if they felt safe to go to a mosque, go to an imam, speak there, get their problems solved. Yeah, that's true. What are you most grateful for right now? I think, um, I think my family, especially that uh, my husband, that uh, can provide for us that I can basically do whatever I want to do at the moment. And it makes it easier for me to have a, a choice of doing something that I want to do without having uh, to worry about finances and that type of thing. And my children, alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Um, why do you think we need initiatives like Proudly Muslims of South Africa and AccidentalMuslims.com? I think it's important to have uh, such initiatives because uh, the media portrays Muslims in a very uh, negative light. And uh, with initiatives like Proudly Muslim, you are showcasing the positive side of uh, Islam. And uh, what I liked especially about the Accidental Muslim Conference, uh, like uh, I wasn't expecting it to be so diverse with so many different uh, people. And uh, it was actually quite inspirational to come for a conference like that. And uh, I think uh, by telling other people's uh, stories, it can maybe inspire someone to to live their purpose. Well, inshallah, with a lot more support from the community, then we can do a lot more. Um, If today was your last day and you only had a few words to say, what would it be? As I said, I think uh, worry less and laugh more. And how would you like society to remember you? I think um, society to remember me is um, someone that uh, made a difference. Okay. Do you have a life's motto that you live by? I think there are a few few quotes that I enjoy. I think uh, they say for for. Evil to triumph is for good men to do nothing. And I think Gandhi said, uh, be the change you want to see in the world. And uh, I think, I don't know if it was one of the 
president, sitting the president of Canada, he gave a good talk on saying that uh, sometimes you can't do great things, but you can do small things great. So I think that's uh, some of the, the mottos. Okay. Thank you so much for giving us your time today. It was a really inspirational listening to you. And um, yeah, inshallah, we wish you all the best in your projects going further. Okay, Jazakallah khair for the opportunity and may Allah grant you a little success in whatever you do. Inshallah, amin. Jazakallah khair. Thank you for listening. We hope this podcast added value and we hope that you enjoyed it. Most of all, we hope that our guest has inspired you to live with purpose. Please don't forget to send us your suggestions on info at accidentalmuslims.com. If you know of any inspiring people out there, please do contact us. And remember to follow accidentalmuslims.com and Proudly Muslims of South Africa on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Assalamu alaikum.